Vlad himself is alive after a bender. <laughs> Hello, how you doing, sir? Sir, I want to know how you're doing. Oh, I'm in good shape now. It was uh, a little touch and go on the weekend. Okay. Uh, but we are, we're back at it. We're back in action. There you go. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. We got him back on the show to the preview game four tomorrow night. Um, let's start with game three. Uh, you know, Phoenix took a 20-point blowout loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Got a score by 18 in the second quarter, 35-17. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo had 41 points. Middleton followed up with 18. And Drew Holiday had 21. Um, I'm going to start with you and what you thought about uh, the Sun's shaky defense. Yeah, I mean, Giannis has been uh, really team on his back for the last couple of games here, back-to-back 40-point games in the finals. Uh, couldn't have picked a better time to do it. Uh, and we've seen long stretches of Giannis at center. Uh, one of the big things on the last pod that I was preaching preaching about was uh, Brooke Lopez's minutes needing to come down. They've done this just that. Brooke Lopez only 21 minutes in uh, in game uh, game three. Giannis, 38 minutes, a lot of those at center. Uh, and he's been able to sort of neutralize DeAndre Ayton by playing at that spot. So that's been the key for Milwaukee, uh, especially in that game three win. Uh, but I'm curious to hear what your thoughts on that were. Um, I'm going to start with Phoenix first because I was a big preacher in, in getting Jake Carter the ball and he had 18 points, um, you know, to show for. Um, he had more points than Devin Booker, obviously – Booker didn't play as many minutes. Um, but I think Jake Crowder's going to be an X-factor heading down the series. Um, I told you before that I think Jake Crowder's one of those guys that if he can get him to score, he can be a big, big uh, force in your offense, as well as defensively he had a good game. Um, at the end of the day, I think Phoenix needs to go into game four tomorrow night and kind of look to take a 3-1 series lead. I think, you know, uh, giving Milwaukee life is not the way to go, especially if Giannis is putting up 41 points and Middleton and uh, Holiday are following it up with 18 and 21, respectively. Um, Bobby Portis decided to uh, score over five points for the first time in his life, um, <laughs> which is which is beyond me because the odds for him to score over five are terrible. Um, but I kind of went ahead into game four and kind of see what the Suns are kind of game plan. You know, you shut down Devin Booker. You know, he went 3 of 14, 1 of 7, shut 3 of 5 from the free throw line. Um, I want to see them be a bit more aggressive. I think they're a little bit timid. Um, I think that Milwaukee crowd kind of startled them a little bit, you know, playing at Pfizer Arena or wherever the fuck they play. Um, my big interest is how do the Suns adjust for Giannis and Middleton? Because if Giannis and Middleton, um, you know, decide to show up and show out, you're kind of banking that they don't score more than 20 each. And if you have them score more than 20 each, it's, it's good night. Um, so I think defensively, they're going to have to run a lot of bigs. I think Jake Crowder is going to see a lot of minutes tomorrow night. I think, um, I think Kaminsky is going to get some more minutes uh, just to be an extra body. Uh, Craig's going to get some minutes. Um, I see Cameron Payne not playing that much tomorrow night. I think tomorrow night they're going to lock in a bit more defensively. And uh, I think Payne's going to, you know, play a couple minutes here and there, but I think it's going to be a more defensive game tomorrow night for the Suns. Well, if there's one thing I've learned in these playoffs is that you're a huge Frank Kaminsky guy. Uh, I did not know this about you, but like you mentioned, 13 minutes there in uh, in game three, it'll probably be a bit of a fixture going forward as well. 
uh, and a little bit of a revenge series against his uh, his hometown Wisconsin teams. So that's a little interesting there. Um, but yeah, like you were mentioning, like stopping Giannis is going to be the big key for for Phoenix, and I I would honestly like to see them take the approach of kind of like let Giannis get his right uh they they throw that wall at him like the Giannis wall is kind of what they call it. you see the pictures like Giannis drives to the rim there's four guys meeting him there uh it's that's how every team usually defends him in the playoffs um and you can run that wall playing at center which I think he will be more and more as the series goes along he's going to be playing DeAndre Ayton off the court whether that be because of foul trouble or just not able to stay in front of Giannis um, so that wall is going to be a little bit neutralized with the smaller defenders that Phoenix has. Like they don't really have that backup big, uh, they're, you know, their backup centers, Frank Kaminsky, and he's never been mistaken for, you know, prime Hakeem Olajuwon on defense or anything like that. So like, I would like to see Phoenix almost, almost say like, all right, Giannis, you can have, you can have your lane to the rim. We're not sending help. We might send one guy, but we're not sending three guys at you, and we're going to stay attached to shooters. We're not going to let Drew Holiday go off for 21 again. We're not going to let Chris Middleton get his shot going. Pat Connaughton is not going to get any open looks. P.J. Tucker in the corner, Brooke Lopez in the corner, not happening. And just kind of let Giannis get his and see what he does with that. My my big thing tomorrow night is do the or not the Suns, do the Bucks start Giannis off at center from the jump? You know, do you run a little bit of small ball? Do you, uh, do you let my guy, uh, Connaughton, you know, kind of run wild? Do you let my guy, Brian Forbes, you know, give him a little bit of a shot? Or do you still run that uh, Tucker into the Coupo, Middleton, Lopez, and Holiday lineup? Because like you I said, would... Giannis, Giannis at center is a problem right now. Yep. He's running wild. I would start Connaughton. wouldn't wait. I wouldn't. You know, this is going to be a huge pivotal game four chance to either tie up the series up or go in that three, one hole. I would start Connaughton. I think the time is now. That doesn't mean Brooke Lopez is going to DNP, but I do think Brooke Lopez coming off that bench in a Frank Kaminsky matchup. I think that's perfect role for Lopez. I think he would torch Frank the tank. Sorry to say it. I know he's your guy, but uh, I think, I think Lopez is, is in a good role off the bench. You start Pat Connaughton, go small ball. Uh, I think that for Milwaukee. No, and, and it's, and it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of come out tomorrow night. Obviously, Giannis puts up 41. That's cause for concern if you're Phoenix. Um, you know, let's look at the box score here. Uh, final, you know, Phoenix won the first quarter um, and won the fourth quarter, but they were absolutely dismantled in the second and the third. Um, what's your key kind of points if you're, if you're the Suns coaching staff heading into tomorrow night? Because you know – like you said, it's a pivotal game four. It could tie the series. You could go down three one and have to play, you know, a, a series ender on uh, on Friday night in in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the the key thing is to win the minutes when Giannis is off the court for Phoenix. Uh, so you're gonna want to make sure you have not just Chris Paul or Devin Booker because one of those guys is on the court at all times. You're gonna want both of those guys on the court when Giannis is taking his rest in the second quarter. Uh, like you mentioned, they got smashed in the second quarter in game three. You're going to want to win those those minutes. That's huge, especially on the road. Uh, that's sort of when uh, the home team can gather a whole lot of momentum kind of coming into halftime and keeps, keeps the fans sort of amped up, uh, carries them through halftime. So Phoenix is going to need to win that second quarter. I am expecting heavy, heavy, heavy minutes from 
uh, both Chris Paul and Devin Booker on uh, tomorrow night's game. Now, who out of the Suns starting five needs to have a big game? Is it Chris Paul or is it Devin Booker? For me, Book needs to step up. I mean, only 10 points in game three, but I'm going off the board here. I mean, obviously those those two are going to be what makes or breaks the team, but Cal Bridges has been pretty quiet uh, in this final so far, and honestly, a little bit quiet throughout the playoffs. He was sort of my breakout candidate. It ended up being uh, DeAndre Ayton uh, more than anything. Bridges game two, 27 points, so I don't mean to overshadow that. Uh, but in game one, only 14 points in 29 minutes. Uh, and in game three, only four points. So Bridges has been, uh, I wouldn't say a letdown, because he's, he's definitely like a role guy. And, you know, if you're getting 27 points from Mikel Bridges, that's a luxury. But um, I do think Bridges, especially on defense, uh, could do a little bit more right now. Uh, I think he'll be the primary matchup on Middleton for most of the important minutes going forward in this series. Uh, and that matchup is going to be huge for Phoenix in terms of if Bridges can play Middleton to a standstill, uh, they're in good shape. Now, with Mikel Bridges, right, you, you look at his role, you know, and if you're the Suns, do you look at, for example, I said that Cameron Payne wouldn't play a lot tomorrow night just because I think they're going to roll with Kaminsky a little bit. But if mm-hmm. Mikel Bridges starts to shut down, do you look at running uh, Cameron Payne and running some small ball? Uh I like that. I think the only issue there is you're 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 a little small, uh, with with cam uh, campaign and and Booker and CP all on the court together. Uh, that's a little tough, especially Milwaukee's guards are a little bit bigger. Holiday's you know six four, uh, campaign and Chris Paul are both under six two, uh, so that'd be a little tough there. The guy I would also look at for Phoenix, uh, if, if you need one of those guys off the bench, uh, is Cam Johnson. Uh, been been pretty good in this finals with his shooting, his ability to stretch the floor. He had that huge dunk over PJ Tucker in the uh, in the last game there, and his defense I think is a little bit better than advertised. I think he really holds his own. So Cam Johnson uh, played 30 minutes off the bench in Game Three. I'd look for him to be a big role player going forward. Oh, and I agree. Now, who's your who's your role player heading into this Game Four for the Bucks? For the Bucks, got to be Pat Connaughton. I think he's uh, he's going to be huge. Uh, you know, I keep I keep pushing the Milwaukee Bucks small ball thing. I really do think that's when they're at their best is when Giannis plays center. You're going to want the, off the court there. Uh, so I think Pat Connaughton, sort of by default, is the guy that's going to need to step up. That Bucks bench is kind of sad when I'm looking at it. Like Jeff Teague playing in the finals in 2021, really. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's a little cool. Like you know, Tibbs has got his guys. Like no matter what, what Tibbs, uh, what team he's on, he'll bring Derrick Rose in. He'll bring Joakim Noah, Taj Gibson. Like no matter where it goes. Yeah, hundred percent. Mike Bud's really like the bootleg version of that because he'll bring like Jeff Teague along wherever he goes. Yeah, but you can't I mean, really Jeff blame Teague's him. Like, no Derrick Rose. No, no, but can you blame him? Like if you coach the guy for how many like forever, forever long it is, and you know he's a consistent player, like would you not bring him in for a locker? guy no question but I mean playing in the finals and especially over Bryn Forbes like I'm not saying Bryn Forbes is gonna make or break the series or anything but Bryn Forbes can shoot a hell of a lot better than Jeff T can and he might also get exposed on defense but I mean like I don't know what Jeff Teague is offering out there other than just a guy to go out there and shoot 0 for 4 in 13 minutes 
No, and I, and I and I agree with you, but I'm gonna go the other direction here, and I'm gonna say PJ Tucker has to have yep. a big game for it. Scoring wise, forget about defense. I think scoring wise, PJ Tucker seven points isn't enough. I think you need him at least, um, at least twelve or thirteen, um, and I'd say you know maybe five rebounds and minimum three assists, just to put you over the top and have Phoenix worrying about another guy. And I also would look to look at. You know, like you said, Pat Connaughton, but I think uh, Forbes needs a bit of a run here. I think yeah. icing Forbes isn't the greatest idea um, just because the kid's still young, right? He's, what, 22, if that? 22 with a fake ID, if I'm, if I'm correct. Um, I, I think I think Forbes deserves a fair run. I think the other Atentacumpo might get a couple extra minutes here and there. Uh, maybe if the other one gets into foul trouble. I think that could be a, a look they throw at uh, Phoenix for a couple of minutes. And I think if I think um, Bobby Portis just needs to get close to what he put up last game. I think Bobby Portis's energy helped the the Bucks a lot. But um, I'm I'm going PJ Tucker needs to have a big game, big game four if they want to see this series through. I'm with you. I think uh, he's going to be huge. Milwaukee really needs all their guys, if I'm being honest. I mean, neither of these teams have great depth, but I think Fien- I like Phoenix's bench a little bit more than Milwaukee's. I think Phoenix has probably the three best bench players in the series. I would go, if I'm right, then campaign, and then Torrey Craig, and then the fourth guy would probably be like Pat Connaughton. Uh, so Phoenix has got the advantage there, but Milwaukee's really missing Dante DiVincenzo right now. Just another guy, not necessarily like a – like a shot creator for others, but just another guy that you can put the ball in his hands and he can handle and he can make an open shot uh, would be huge for them right about now. Oh, he's a, he's a Villanova boy. Come on. You know this. Of course. Of course. That's the uh, 2018 most outstanding player. There you go. Um, So let's, let's, let's analyze game four. Um, Obviously looking at the odds, uh, let's see what Betway has. These gentlemen playing tomorrow night at um, it. It wouldn't surprise me if Phoenix was favored tomorrow night, just because it's a kind of a a must win game for them. In the sense that if they don't win this game, um, you know they they're giving Milwaukee a little too much life. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, Phoenix is at plus one fifty five and Milwaukee's at minus one seventy five for tomorrow night. The over-under is 220, and the spread is four. Um, I think Phoenix covers the spread. I think it's under, and I think it's uh, money line for Phoenix tomorrow night. Um, I don't know how much of a big of a game they are, but I'm, I think Phoenix comes out with a win tomorrow night. I think it's 105-102 um, tomorrow night. I'm definitely taking the under. Uh, I think it'll be one of these – grinded out games. I wouldn't be surprised to see it finish a final score in the nineties or the low hundreds. Like you said, I'm actually taking the bucks tomorrow night. I'm still sticking with Suns and six. I think they can pull off in game five and game six, but I, I see the bucks winning uh, tomorrow night in Milwaukee. Really? Okay. So now kind of analyzing the game five, say hypothetically the bucks do win. Mm-hmm. Is game four now the stepping stone – or, sorry, is game five now the most important game of that series if they win game four? Yeah, of course. I think my thing here is that the Bucks have – I mean, I don't claim to be, like, some 
brilliant basketball tactician or anything like that. But the clear adjustment here is is Giannis at the five, and the Bucks have that adjustment to make. And then past that, they don't really have a major move, right? But Phoenix still has some tricks up their sleeves. They're still able to move their lineups around a little bit and throw some different looks even after Milwaukee has made that adjustment. So I would I would look for Milwaukee to do that in game four uh, and then Phoenix to sort of adjust in game five and game six uh, accordingly. No, and, and, and it's going to be interesting to see moving forward how exactly the series plays out. But, you know, one game at a time and uh, kind of one, one play at a time, I still think Phoenix has the tools to get the job done. I just think they hit a they hit a mental roadblock in game in game three. Um, I think they were able to regroup. You know, these last couple of days they had off. You know, through shoot arounds and team practice, and I I could very well see Phoenix winning the next two and you know making it Suns in five. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I I I do trust Phoenix more than I trust Milwaukee here in this series. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that was the classic sort of you know five game series and the the uh, the road team wins their first game at home in game three. Uh, and then, the you know, Phoenix sort of takes care of the business here. But uh, it's been an interesting final so far. Definitely not the finals that people expected or maybe even wanted. But uh, we'll be wrapping it up pretty soon here and then getting into the draft, getting into the offseason. Can I do a, a couple minutes here on the draft lottery? Oh, of course you can, man. Of course you can. Let's, let's hear it. I was, I was so fired up to see that Raptors get the fourth pick there. I, uh, I don't even think I realized at the time that, that's Jalen Suggs territory. And the more I'm hearing, the more I'm hearing is that, you know, Cade's probably number one to Detroit. Mobley's looking like he's number two to Houston, Jalen Green to Cleveland. And it looks like we're headed for Jalen Suggs for the future franchise point guard of your Toronto Raptors. And I could not be more excited. I spend my days just watching Jalen Suggs highlights on YouTube. I, have never been this, you know, married to a draft prospect before. Uh, a lot of that is because the Raptors don't necessarily have a high pick all the time. But buddy, what about Joe Bargnani? I was married to him like he was married to Primo Pasta. Come on. Oh yeah, I was. You know, I was watching the Bargnani VHS tapes when I was six too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I was importing those from Italy. But I mean, Jalen Suggs is just—I no, I can feel good. it. He's a Raptors guy. He's got the—he's a good character uh, type of guy. He's a great cultural fit. He's a winner. And he's a freak athlete. He's the next Brandon Roy. And I have never been this excited for a draft. Bring on Jalen Suggs. If we don't take him, I will be extremely disappointed. And you can forget that I said any about anything about this. Um, but I'm just fired up for this draft. No, and my, my big thing is, is I would rather much have Jalen Suggs than Cade Cunningham. Just on the simple fact that I think Cade Cunningham comes from a culture where he has to be that number one guy. And he has to take 50 shots a game and he has to, you know, force everything. I think there's too much coaching to be done with Cade Cunningham in order to transform him into that Raptors guy. But I think with Jalen Suggs playing in a culture like Gonzaga that's team oriented, you know, you have your star players like any other organization. But I think Gonzaga kind of preaches, you know, yeah, take get your shots, get yours, but at the same time, you know, break bread with the ones you start with. So I think at the end of the day, I think Gonzaga does a good uh, team oriented uh, system, and I think he'll slide right in perfectly with the Raptors organization. I think Nurse is going to do a good job, um, you know, getting him to work with Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, you know, Siakam. Um, I think another big fit, a big fit is Malachi Flynn. I think Malachi Flynn could be an absolute deadly weapon to Jalen Suggs if they end up, you know, coming off the bench together, you know, in uh, 
you know, mid quarter, mid first quarter time, and then you know, crunch time down in the fourth. Um, but no, I I hundred percent agree. I think Jalen Suggs is the guy to go with in the draft for the Raptors if he's available. Um, but I also wouldn't be remiss if the Raptors do do uh, trade that first overall pick, or mm-hmm. not that first overall pick, that first round pick. Um, I've heard rumors that you know Golden State's a fit. Um, you know Poland could also be a fit. Um, just a lot of rumors around. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's going to come down to draft night. A lot of speculation yep. um, heading into the next couple of weeks. But Jalen Suggs, in my opinion, will be that guy for Toronto. Suggs is the guy. You know it, man. Even before before Toronto got this fourth pick, you remember back in March, I was saying Jalen Suggs is the best prospect in this draft. I'm maintaining. I'm sticking with that. Uh, I'd be disappointed if he wasn't there for us at four or if we go somewhere else that, uh, you know, I'll – I'll get over it and I'll be fine. But with Kyle Lowry out the door, I'm going to be heartbroken. That's my favorite basketball player of all time. Uh, with him out the door, likely this summer, I Jalen Suggs, I just see as the perfect Kyle Lowry successor. And I'm fired up to see him in a Raptors jersey if that is what happens. Jalen Suggs, now stupid question here. What number does he wear? Does he take Kyle Lowry's three or Kyle Lowry's seven? Uh, I think he probably does. What does he wear at Gonzaga? Number one, right? Uh, yeah, number one, number one, I would say. He'd probably go number four, I would say, take Chris Bosch's old number, because we got uh, number one's taken by Paul Watson right now. So we'd probably probably do number four. That's a name right there for you, Paul Watson. (laughs) Shout out Paul Watson. Liam Wilson, ladies and gentlemen, pulling out an absolute stat out of the briefcase. How about (laughs) this one? How about he does number number two, like Landry Fields? Oh, like Landry Fields. Forget about that's a name that's for you right there. Fields. I think that's the most crucial guy in Raptors history. If he doesn't make that that diving play out of the ball for the ball against Brooklyn, that's in the game seven where he rips it off Joe Johnson's foot. I don't think he gives us the confidence to you know go on and become champions in five years. Yeah, I love how you're confusing uh, Landry Fields with Terrence Ross. I think was the one that made that play, but I'm no, sure it was, it, no. No, watch watch the game. Landry Fields. Was that Landry? I'll, I'll have to go back and take a Landry look. Fields, game seven, Liam. I'll Come on. I can't but I just I think I just can't believe that Landry Fields was in there in a game seven. Maybe I'm just in disbelief. But I'll go back, I'll take a look at that. I'm uh, a Landry Fields connoisseur, man. Don't pass me on my Landry. Oh, look, Landry Fields, Fields was elite before he had the wrist surgery. It ruined his career. But shout out Landry Fields, assistant GM of the Atlanta Hawks now. Deep playoff run for our guy. There you go. Um, you know, I got I didn't get your predictions, but your predictions for tomorrow night. Uh yeah, I'm still saying uh still saying the Bucks win game four, Suns take game five and six, wrap it up in the Pfizer forum. Uh and the uh Larry O B comes to the valley. Wow. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go the same way. I think uh the Suns win two straight, they win tomorrow night, and then they win uh game five on Friday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it ends up in the Valley and uh, Chris Paul gets his ring and then he cements himself as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Not that he already isn't, but, you know, just to add the cherry on top of the pie. That's yes, how I'm sir. going. That's how I'm going. And uh, that's that's me. And then uh, hopefully we get you back out for game five um, yeah. after, after tomorrow night. Uh, you know, we'll surely – you know, get another one going. But, ladies and gentlemen, Liam always, you know, delivers. You know, a little draft preview for us. You know, Liam Liam and Will Yor will be in the building for the draft. Uh, Jay Merchinson will make an appearance for the off-season preview. Oh, let's go. 
to talk to talk some Dame Lillard drama, mm-hmm. uh, some Steph Curry stuff, and uh, you know what exactly does uh, Paul George and the Clippers do heading into the off season? Sounds good to me. I'll be here. I'm always Sounds down good. to Ladies make an appearance gentlemen. on the Mateus show. Oh, 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for listening. Liam, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you again for your time, as always, and we'll see you guys in the next episode.